everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us. And sometimes we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and this week is one of those fun weeks where everyone gets a reminder that we aren't twins because it's Jess's birthday on Friday. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know it was my birthday on Friday. Can we just like have a minute for everyone whose birthdays it is during like lockdown in 2020, which is basically every single human being because we're going to be in lockdown every day this year, it feels like. What a weird year for birthdays. Really weird year for birthdays. My birthday's in Feb, so like I got in just pre-lockdown, but I'm honestly not even holding out hope that we'll be out of lockdown next Feb. Yeah, totally. I said to Elliot, I don't even want it to be my birthday. You know, it just feels like that. I'm like, I'm happy to skip it this year. It's cool. I don't mind. I'm like not that sad about it. I'm just not really in a birthday zone. So what are you going to do for your birthday on Friday? Because I'm really sad that I am in Byron, so I'm not there with you, which is weird because I feel like usually, even if I'm overseas, I make sure I come home for your birthday, but I can't actually come for your birthday. Well, I have no idea is my honest answer. Claire, who's part of our team, had a really cute birthday earlier this year in lockdown and she themed her whole day around France because she loved France. And so in the morning she made herself this French brunch and then the French party just continued on into the evening, I think with a cheese platter and some other Frenchy things. So she's my inspo, but at the same time, it's already Tuesday. I have no plans. So don't know. I'll see. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, I'm here if you want to have a Zoom party and I'm sure everybody listening would love to have a Zoom party too. Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to get into today's episode. Oh, my goodness. So you may have noticed that on this podcast lately, we've been having some more wellness, some more spiritual guests, and that's something that we've become more and more interested in over the last kind of year or two. And today we thought we could kind of reflect back and tell you a little bit more about our personal experiences and what has led us to this. I think we love to be really open with you guys on this podcast and share, you know, our personal experiences as much as we can. But the thing is, sometimes when you're in them, you don't want to be like pouring your heart out because you're so in it that it's not helpful for anybody if you're just spilling your guts about what's going on. So we both had our own kind of big transformations that happened last year and previous to that as well. So we thought today, now that we're out of last year, we could talk about it with you guys. Yeah. And just to give you a little bit of a heads up, we do briefly talk about eating disorders in this episode. So if that is something that is sensitive to you, completely understand and just wanted you to know ahead of time. Stick around to the end of the episode to hear which incredible guest we have on next week. And just to let you know, we have so much to talk about on this topic that we are going to spread this episode out over a couple of weeks. So part two will be coming at a later date, but here is part one. So we both 
kind of have our own life paths because even though we are so, so connected, the two of us, in so many ways, weirdly, we've both kind of separately come to this similar place right now, but we both took our own kind of journeys. I'm making these arm circle movements where like your hands move out and then they move back together. So I think that we're going to be each sharing our own experience in this episode, but I guess where it kind of started for both of us was from a place of being quite closed, quite heads down, blinders on, let's just get through life, let's just do this. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to because often in Western society, that is just the mentality. It's kind of like, you know, let's not really explore too much what's going on, sweep things under the rug. Let's not have too many emotions here. Let's talk about things a little bit, but just enough and keep it all bottled down inside you. Well, yeah. And it kind of comes down to our conditioning in our society. And that's exactly what I had in mind as well, that while we all bring our own experiences into our lives, we We do all grow up, I mean, in this Western society with the same external pressures and the same external ideas of what makes you a successful person, what the correct way of being is, how to behave, all of those sorts of basic things that we learn probably from when we're about seven till our late teens of the appropriate way to be in quotation marks is quite a similar experience. And I think that like most people, we were deeply affected by this and only even still kind of delving into how deeply affected we were and are and how deeply that affects who we all are. Yeah. So I think just to speak to my own personal journey of how this was playing out in my own life, I was just in a place where I was just feeling really closed. And I actually was chatting to somebody about this the other day and I had this horrifying memory come up where I was just in a place where I honestly remember thinking like, is being happy that important? Isn't that happiness thing like a little bit overrated? I was just in this place where I was so, so shut down that those were the kind of thoughts that I was having. And I feel like that again, so common. Like I felt so numb a lot of the time. And even though like I had fun when I was with my friends and we were making waves at work and with how to live and with tubes and we were bringing compassion to what we did and working on, you know, a lot of really fulfilling things. All of that was great, but there was just kind of like this background, you know, when I was with myself, this feeling of numbness, apathy, just really not that satisfied. Things would make me happy, but I was just kind of cruising along through life. And I think what's so important about what you just shared is to note that probably the people around you thought of you as a happy, bubbly, ambitious human being that was going through life in a really, again, in quotation marks, appropriate way. And just to note that we can't as outsiders ever know what's truly going on with somebody until they're able to share that stuff with you. So even your best friend might not know that about you. And I feel like for a long time, I didn't even know that about you. You know, I thought those were your default things, the things that I just mentioned. So it's so important when we're talking about people's journeys 
to not come from a place of judgment and actually just come from a place of realizing that we all go through things and that's totally okay. And to just listen from a place of compassion and non-judgment. Oh, that is so true. And for me, once I did start opening up and talking to people about how I was feeling and, you know, we'll get into like how I kind of went from this totally closed place to now being like loving sharing everything. I know you guys, I never would have thought I would have gotten here. (laughs) But when I did go through that, I started to like say these deep, dark things that I was horrified at myself for. Like I thought I was some sort of alien creature having these terrible feelings. I thought there was something wrong with me. And I think that what you realize when you do finally open up to other people about this stuff which is just so liberating, but you actually realize that we all have these same feelings. We all have a lot of these same thoughts. Yes, we have them in our own unique ways. And yes, we have our own unique circumstances, but at the base of it, these emotions, they're all just human. And it's like, we're built in with this hard wiring. You know, Brene Brown talks about this a lot of this shame. And what shame wants is for you to not tell anybody about this ever because shame wants you to hold on to it as much as possible and shame knows that actually this is normal and everybody else is feeling this but shame's not going to let you know that and shame's going to do everything it can to hold it lock it down inside you so that you keep feeling this shame and the second you can kind of break through that be a little bit vulnerable and share it with someone most of the time you're met with oh yeah me too oh fucking preach shame is something that lived inside of me for such a long time. And that is, I guess, a good place to launch into a bit of background on my story. Oh, my heart's beating so fast. So I I love to be a super honest and super authentic person. I really pride myself on living in an honest way because I want it to allow for other people to live in honest ways. And I try on this podcast to come from my most purest place within me of just bearing it all. And I feel like something that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about today is my struggles that I had in the early days of how to live and beyond really. So Just to give you a bit of background, I obviously grew up in the same society as all of us and I, you know, had all of this really fucked up conditioning that we all have and then kind of went through a stage in my life where a few things drastically changed and we collectively as a family just went through a few things that um, really just my reaction was to completely shut down, just fully switch off my insides. And I now recognize that what I was doing there was completely abandoning myself. I was just like, this is way too much. See ya, I'm going. And I just switched the flick of emotions off and feelings off and even thoughts off. And I just fully went into this place of existing and trying to cope as best I could. And what resulted was an eating disorder for many years that I battled with and something that I haven't been able to say on this podcast for the year and a half that it's existed, which maybe seems like a bit ridiculous. And I know I've beat myself up about it as well, that I come on here and I'm so honest and I tell you guys so much about what's going on inside of me, but I'm not honest about this massive thing 
that is very much a part of my life and my understanding that it will continue to be a part of my life for the rest of my life as in the same way that an alcoholic would be and the same way that a drug addict would be. And so I went through this time in my life where I just wasn't here to the point that I honestly can't remember it. And I look back on photos now and or someone will tell me something that happened during that period in my life and I don't even fucking remember because I honestly was just not even there. And I ended up, you know, finding my way back to myself, which I am so grateful for. And I think this episode isn't about eating disorders and I'm not going to go into all of the gory details, but depending on whether people are interested in talking about that or interested in delving deeper into that, I am at a place where I'm happy to sit down and have a proper talk about it. But I would say that something that I've been experiencing since then that I think is so common for every single human being to relate to is then once I was recovered, the depth of my shame around that experience was debilitating. And that's something that I, to this day, and still dealing with is the shame around that. And hearing other people share their stories is how I've gotten through and how I'm continuing to realize that not only is it okay that I had this period in my life, but it's so disgustingly normal and so disgustingly not talked about. You know, I recently read Glennon Doyle's Untamed and she also experienced an eating disorder for about 10 years of her life. And she said something so profound that I have really held on to. She said that now, I think she's in her late 40s. And, you know, I'm so far recovered from my eating disorder. That was in my past. You know, I think she recovered around 26. And she was like, but still 60% of my thoughts are consumed about food and body. And just to have someone be so open and honest about her experience with that, to sit here and say, I am recovered, but I have 60% of my thoughts are still consumed by this. Why aren't more people sharing so openly like that about their own struggles and about their own situations? Because I don't think badly of Glennon. What that does is self-reflect and be like, what's that percentage like for me? And do I judge myself if that's a high percentage? And, oh, it's actually normal to think that way. And all of these things that we get from people sharing their stories, it's not about judging you for your story. It's about creating a space where other people feel like they can share and also like they're human because all of these struggles that we all go through, whether it's an eating disorder or low self-esteem or depression, anxiety, whatever it is, it's so normal, you guys. Like it's crazy normal. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm only still learning. I'm only still learning it. Totally. And I just wanted to say, Jess, that it's so, so brave of you to come on here and to share this story with everyone. Because like you said, sharing our stories creates an opportunity for other people to share their stories, to 
recognize what's going on inside of them to feel their own feelings. So thank you so much because I know that it's not easy to come on and talk about something when shame has buried its way in and made sure that you're going to be feeling it. So for you to come on and be vulnerable and push past that shame and say, no, this is something I want to share. I think that that's truly, truly brave. You know, you came to me about a month ago and you were like, fuck, I realize I'm not sharing this. And to explore like, why aren't I sharing this? You know, what am I really feeling inside? What is the reason that I'm holding on to this secrecy? It takes a lot to really look at that and be like, nah, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to push through this fear. And I think that we all need to be doing this. We all benefit so much every time somebody pushes through that fear, even though you feel like you're doing it for you. It's important for you, but what everybody else gets out of it is just so powerful. Absolutely. And I think that every single human to a certain degree has that inside of them, that idea of, oh, I think this or I feel this and that's wrong and I'm not going to share it. And actually like the feeling or the thinking, that's not the wrong part. The wrong part is that our default is always to go and I'm not going to share it. You know, there's nothing wrong with any sort of feeling or thinking, but the not sharing it, that's where it starts to grow and fester. And that's like a little infection that you're planting Mm. inside the garden of your mind, as Sa would say. That's when the seed is planted and you're watering it by not sharing. So the turning point for me, I guess, the seed of that journey was planted actually when I started to do yoga. When I came to yoga, as a way to fix my scoliosis. I actually have a terrible back. And at that point, I probably, I can't even remember at what point that was, whether I even acknowledged the fact that I had an eating disorder or not. I don't even know. Maybe I just blindly came to my mat and was just like, I'm going to do this for my back. But the transformation that took place on my mat over a period of years, like it definitely was not instant, was that... I started to create a better relationship with my body. And obviously eating disorders, don't know how much you guys know about them. Maybe some of you know a lot about them, but they're not really about how you look, right? They're about what's going on and that's your way of dealing with it. But there definitely was for me an element of how I looked in photos that we were posting on how to live. And at that point, my body was existing in front of the camera and in campaigns and things like that. So it was very much an aesthetic thing for me. My body existed as an aesthetic thing. And it didn't need to be healthy and it didn't need to be strong and it didn't need to be okay because it just needed to be aesthetic. So it wasn't until I came to my mat where It needed to be strong and it needed to be able to withstand an hour of exercise in a warm room and it needed to be able to exist like all normal bodies do, that I started to create this give and take in my body and this trust in my body and this love for my body for what it could do for me rather than the way that it looked That was a real turning point where 
I was like, okay, I understand and I understand the damage and I can see a way out. And it was funny because I feel like that kind of perfectly timed in with us stopping to post on Instagram because we were both fucking over it and felt shit about it. So it's like, I want to say a coincidence, but I don't want to say a coincidence because it obviously all fed into each other and all definitely played a really big part. Mm, I've never really heard you talk about that before in that way, how you were feeling going into yoga about your body and how yoga really changed your relationship with your body. And it's just so incredible to hear how yoga assisted you in that transformation. Yeah. I'm forever indebted and grateful for that experience. So something that happened at that time in my life, while I was, I guess, coming out of my eating disorder, one might say, I had come-ish out of it, let's say that. But I was just generally a pretty broken human in the way of my self-esteem. When I tell you guys, it was like negative. And something in my experience, and I think that it's a lot of people have experienced this and the way that eating disorders were treated. I can't speak to how they are treated now because this was quite a few years ago. But it was a lot about the eating, but it wasn't really like dealing with how zero I felt about myself and like that that was a lot of the underlying issue. So I kind of came up for air from this thing that I had been experiencing for so long only to realize that I was still just fucking broken. I just had taken that coping mechanism away or was using that coping mechanism to a lesser extent. So I was still just really feeling not that great about myself. And honestly, looking back, I think that I was so hard on myself. I came into this business being four and a half years younger than Stephanie. And I think that I was always in a room where I was the youngest person by like five years. And rather than saying to myself, like I still do now, okay, it's okay that you don't know anything that these people are talking about. You're allowed to just sit back and be a sponge. You're a lot younger and a lot more inexperienced. Though All those things are perfectly okay. No matter what age you're at, it's okay to feel like you're the dumbest person in the room. If anything, it's kind of good. But at the time, I think that that was contributing a lot to like my mental health in a negative way. And I was using that to prove to myself what I thought about myself, which was that I was worthless and that I was zero and that I was stupid and all this stuff. And so that was like this whole new journey. I was just like coming up for only one breath and now I'm just going to like dive straight back into the deep end and just figure that shit out. And there were just so many days and nights and times and periods where I just was debilitated by how little I felt about myself. And I, again, didn't really talk about it to anyone other than like maybe a therapist, which is something that's been good throughout my journey. Like I've definitely always had a therapist to lean on, like talk therapy, which has been super helpful and would highly recommend for anyone who is interested in doing any sort of self-work or anyone really, because it's just so good. And that's when I just met that. 
I think there's no real way to get through that without actually just sitting with it and just being like, why do I think that about myself? What do I actually think about myself? And for many, many years, I was just grabbing onto anything I could. I just wanted to be anyone else but myself. I didn't see any value in being myself. I didn't think I was any sort of great for any sort of reason. I didn't even appreciate my beating heart. I just wanted to be and emulate anyone else but me. And I think in what you're saying there is there's nothing to be done but face it. Facing it is so important and it's such a natural response to just want to be anywhere but there. And facing it seems like such an impossible task when you're in something. But once you can finally muster the courage to face something, I think it's never quite as bad as it seems. And facing it is actually how it starts to dissipate. Yeah. 100%. The worst point is when it's bubbling inside of you and you're not letting it out and you're not saying it out loud. And I remember sitting with our mum. I was just in a place where I was just couldn't like fake it anymore. And I was just like burst into tears. And I was just like telling her all the reasons why I felt so poorly about myself. And she just, sweetest human being in the world, held me and just said, it's going to be okay. And I think that what I now know is that in your early 20s, you go through this period of time where you've gone from being a child and being treated like a child to being an adult and being treated like an adult when you don't feel like any sort of adult. And it's really a period of transformation. It looks different in everybody, but I know that I was going through that. And my mom was just there to hold me and say that all the feelings that you feel right now are totally normal. I was like, you know, I don't have any value to add and I don't have any thoughts of my own and I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing and I'm supposed to pay all my bills and I don't even know how. You know, all of those things, they're just part of the journey and part of being human. And if there's anything that I could say to myself or try and instill in my younger self, it would be exactly that. It would be that this is what human is. Welcome to the fucking party. It is messy as shit here. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yep. And you said something there that I, I really liked is that you sat down with our mum and you said, I just couldn't fake it anymore. Why do we have to fake it? Why did you get to that point where you were faking it so hard that you just couldn't do it anymore and you had to burst? And I think that for so many people, these aha moments, these transformational moments in life come when we are just so full to the brim of faking it because fuck that, you know, you're holding it all inside you. You're holding every true bit of suffering that's going on. Nobody knows about it. It's all within you. And outside you're putting on the total opposite of that. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm chilled. I'm successful. All of these things that society tells us we have to be, but society shouldn't be telling us that we have to be those things in the first place. We shouldn't have to fake it in the first place. We should be able to be real and share with one another in the first place. There are so many negatives of social media, but it's one of the most beautiful aspects of social media, of 
our generation, you know, is like this desire to just be like, fuck faking it. Let's share. Let's be real. It's why we started this podcast to be real. Yeah. It's so crazy how normal it is, but how like not talked about is. Yeah, totally. That's something that just continues to baffle me. Like I went and saw this chiropractor yesterday and we were just having a chat stuff that she was telling me about that she'd been through and whatever like it's just all so normal well then why aren't we talking about it you know why when you turn on the tv do you see all these widely successful people who've got it it's not an accurate representation of what the world is It's bullshit and it's almost why like in social media, when social media started at first, it was all like, look at me, look at me because we were all conditioned to be like, don't show anyone behind the curtain, like make sure it looks perfect and then naturally, you know, it didn't take very long on Instagram, maybe like a period of five years after it launching where we're all like, wait, what? What are we getting out of this? This is bullshit. We want to pull back the curtain. We want to be using this to be like, check out my demons. Look how many demons I got. Come and hang with my demons, everybody. Let's all share and learn and grow together. And I love that social media has gone through this transformation and I just hope it keeps going and going and going. And all of this becomes just way less taboo because why taboo? Like, you know, we're not living in tribal times anymore. There's no reason to be sheltering your vulnerabilities. I think it's like a natural human thing is don't show your predator that you have weaknesses. But like most of us are really fortunate to be living, you know, we have houses over our heads. We're not faced with these daily predators that we used to be. So that hard wiring to hide these vulnerabilities, we need to start to let go of it and rewire our brains and realize that actually now we are getting more out of sharing and being vulnerable than when we fake it. And when we hide it. Yes. Yes. So much. Yeses. All the yeses. Okay, so we really hope you enjoyed listening to part one of this episode. Honestly, we could talk about this for hours and we pretty much did. So we're going to wrap up part one here and then part two will be coming for you guys in two weeks time. So stay tuned. If you do have any feedback, come hang out with us in all our favorite places, how to live the podcast on Instagram and how to live the podcast on Facebook. And if you did get something out of this episode, we would love to ask you a little favor and ask you to click that share button and share this episode with a friend so that more people can come and hear these conversations. So next week on the podcast, we have the incredible Amantha Imba, who is a workplace expert. She founded a company called Inventium, where essentially they go into businesses and they help employees become more productive and create a better working environment. So we wanted to have her on to talk all things, how to be productive, how to work smarter, not harder, all those good things that we've been talking about right here. Take a listen. It is insanity, I think, to prescribe people to work between the hours of nine to five when you know like based on psychology based on neuroscience you're just not going to get the best out of people you're not going to get their best productivity so why on earth would you force people into that model to me that makes absolutely no sense thanks so much for tuning in you guys we'll see you right here next week and we hope you have a beautiful week love you bye Na 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 na